Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Overtime Podcast with Dr. Dever Muff. I'm the host, Dr. Dever Muff. Thanks again for joining me uh, for another episode. This episode is pretty cool. We have uh, one of my buddies I grew up with. His name is Evan Pierce. Evan is doing really well for himself now. He's got a wealth of experience and and doing all sorts of things. But right now, he is with the Boston Celtics as the head of people and culture. And which is an interesting title. I remember when he first told me it, I was like, Evan, what what do you do? Like, what is it? And it's exactly what it is. He's he's just involved with engaging people in all different aspects. And so he explains a little bit more about what he does and what's the ins and out of um, how he transitioned to this role. And I thought that this episode would be pretty exciting for anyone who wanted to particularly get into sports, but not necessarily on yeah, the maybe like not the coaching side or um, the particular um, X's and O's side of sports, but just still wants to be involved in almost in like the business of sports. So um, here's the episode coming up. But before we before we go to the episode, I want to say thank you, everyone who listens, who tunes in, who gives me advice on different things to talk about on the show. If you can. Please, please, please give me a rating of hopefully five stars. And and then if you have any suggestions on future guests, just feel free to reach out. Um, But without further ado, here is Evan Pierce. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Overtime Podcast. My name is uh, Dr. Devin Muff. I'm your host. Today I'm here with a special guest, Evan Pierce. EP, what's up, man? What's going on, D? Good, man. Appreciate the invite. Uh, yeah. So, Evan, uh, we grew up together. We play AU basketball together. And um, you're a dear friend of mine. And you've kind of gone um, all over the place now. You were you were at um, Apple, and now you're with the Celtics, the Boston Celtics. And what's your position there? Yeah, it's good. Uh yeah, I've been been across a couple couple different states, so it's been interesting. Uh, somehow landed in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, in the middle of the winter. So, um, yeah, I, you know, less than titles, but it's a new role that the Boston Celtics created, which is head of people and culture. So, uh, really looking after the people and making sure processes and technology are smooth to support them. So that this is a new it's a newer title right so it's something that like not does, does other nba teams have some someone like you on their organization yeah it's a good one uh you know hr hr's human resources have grown over the last 50 60 years you look at it it was more administrative you had order takers uh is what i like to call it and there's kind of been an evolution of that kind of what is who's touching and who's nurturing uh, the human capital within organizations. Uh, and now it's evolved to a place where it's a little more strategic. There's a little more business partnership. Uh, there's more proactiveness and touching all the different parts of the life cycle. And so what you're seeing now is probably in the MBA, you'll, you'll see more people in the front office staff and different teams now have this role of people and culture. Um, whether they're running everything across human resources 
or they're, they're specifically focused on diversity and equity and inclusion. Awesome. So you've been with the organization for a couple months now, right? Yeah, uh, three months. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Still, okay. Still fairly yeah. new. So you're, yeah, you're, you're right in the right in the grind of things. So has there, has there been anyone like since you've been walking into the offices every day that you've seen that you've been like starstruck by? <laughs> yeah, no, this is it's an interesting one. I I think just playing playing basketball uh and playing it at a high relatively high level um got got used to kind of seeing a lot of I guess we kind of like, you know, stars and Yeah, you're trying I, to be know, humble right now, but you one maybe the... See, you're trying to be humble. <laughs> Look, I call him EP. That's just the I mean, but Evan was a you were a hooper growing up, man. Like you try to you try to be like yeah. you try to seem like you was all cool and everything. <laughs> like, okay, for example, who was who was the best player you think you played against growing up? Mm. It was there's there's a couple. One I think one that stands out had a couple battles with him was Josh Shelby. Um, so he ended up making the league. I think he's playing overseas now, but uh, the guy was just really explosive. Um, could could do a lot of things on the floor. It was a, a lottery, I think, believe a lottery pick. There's one name that we played so. in high school that I know. If you, I know you're probably miss. You're probably not even thinking of this person yeah. yet. You 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 know who it is? Uh, there's 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 been a lot lot of people around through my head, but but who is it now? Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie would. Yeah, he would play against his team. That was Kyrie. Kyrie would be one. I, I was thinking about someone who I played ba- had had a lot of battles with, you know, and I and I was kind of jo- Josh was one of them because we had a couple tournaments against him. Um, but there there were so many. I, I mean, I could. Uh, Kendall Marshall was really good, just really yeah. savvy as a point guard. I remember that during during AAU. Um, TJ McConnell locally, yeah. super scrappy, good defensive player. Just worked his butt off. I couldn't stand him in high Had, school, but now I love him. <laughs> <laughs> great, great player. We met, we caught up with him actually. And uh, uh, he was hurt, but he came back to the, the garden, I think uh, about a month ago and got to, got to spend some time with him. Just, you know, these are really good people too, right? And that's what sometimes you forget about. Like, hey, you know, these are people just like us and, and they're going through different things. And uh, so it's awesome kind of to see all that thing kind of, you know, come back i don't know if i get starstruck here's what i would say though you, you know i got chills when um i think stephen curry came out to the garden and uh i remember i was walking it was probably one of my first one or two games just joined the team they had come into town and, and i was like you know this guy, let me let me check out this game and went to stadium and got to see him just warm up and i i've never seen crowds of people just swarm before one, this is a home game at the, you know, Boston Celtics, a swarm, uh, him and just his, his, just rhythm and his focus and how he approaches just getting ready for the game. It, it was just like the whole arena was just shut down. Um, but it was just amazing to watch with his shooting form to his, uh, the things that he did to prepare before the game. Um, so it was cool to see all that kind of come come to life. So I, 
I guess if I, if I was starstruck, that would probably uh, that probably be one moment. <laughs> did uh did any of those people that you played against growing up give you buckets? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, any 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 player, you probably gave me buckets a couple of times in practice. So, you know, uh, we we were on the AU side, <laughs> but I, I mean, you know, look, as part of the game, I yeah. mean, I've gotten, you know, to me, I've gotten dunked on. Yeah, I've gotten. That's the thing. I yeah, tell I've gotten people crossed over. Time, if you play basketball <laughs> long enough, you will get dunked on. Like it, it happens to everybody, and yep. it's like it's like a pitcher throwing like you know, giving up a home run. It, it happened. If you played the game long enough, it just happens. It, I mean, you just try to make sure it just doesn't end up on sports center later on that day. Um, I, I remember once we played, uh, we were playing university of Miami down in Florida and, uh, this guy, he, 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 caught, he got me on the baseline and I knew I was late coming over. And I, I'm sure if you Google me, you can see like the picture, it looks like he dunked on me. But I fouled mm-hmm. him so hard because I knew this was gonna be on Sports Center if he got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that happens along enough. So what's what was your career high when you when you were playing in points? Career high is probably about thirty-seven. Uh, I might have hit some AAU games that were in the forties, uh, but talking about like actual high school basketball season was I think thirty-seven. Yeah, you were, you were a bucket getter, man. I I just remember yeah. just having that smooth jump shot um yeah i think people forget too i think as you move levels the game changes you know the dynamic the, the pace changes and so i think as you move the different from high school to college to, to pro you know i think people forget you got to be flexible you got to adjust and you got to change your game because uh, yeah. th- those those things that made you successful in the high school and may not necessarily make you successful in the on the college side so going going on that route, um, I want to talk a little bit more about that transition from being a college athlete into getting into the workforce. So like, how does one end up being a college athlete to now being, you know, over people and culture for the Boston Celtics? I mean, I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. So can you talk a little bit about like that process? Yeah, no, that's it was a good one. Um... I don't know how if I have like a secret formula. I think you know. I I, I think what I here here's what I say. I think everyone has their kind of advantages. I think you know my advantage at the time. I I had an incredible you know mother father uh, uh, that instilled in me kind of faith. Um, you know, really little cliche, hard work. Um, and really pushed me to kind of shoot my shot and shoot my shot. When I say that, you know, not, not necessarily just trying to go to the NBA or pro, but what are your lanes that you can shoot your shot with in, in life? And I think I always got really good advice from them. They were always a great sounding board for stuff as I was going through, you know, at the time in college, it was a, it was a mindset shift. So you know, ha- having that support was incredible. Um, and I know not everyone has that, but for me, that, that was, that was, that was kind of the turning point. I said, Hey, you know, I, I knew, you know, I had a couple injuries earlier on, I, I did some transferring. And so during that time frames that, you know, it had me, had me thinking different, you know, I said, Hey, you know, there, there are kind of some other passions that kind of can fill my time and that I'm curious about. And, you know, and then I started to get into to business club. And I know it sounds crazy. I was like, hey, I was playing 
collegiate high, high level basketball. Uh, yeah, I had, had great, great, I, I believe, mentors behind me in places that most people wouldn't to go to in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and some other places. But, uh, you know, I was like, hey, let me, let me jump into something that's probably atypical, maybe for most athletes to, to spend time in. Right? So, and that I was starting to get a little bit passionate about, about at the time, it was like, how, how do I make more money? How do I, uh, how do I think about, uh, you know, having kind of an entrepreneurial mindset, a growth mindset. And I felt business at the time could do that. And the only outlet at the time for me, when I was at that school in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, after I transferred was, was this business club. And so I, I poured myself into this business club, I think sophomore year, not knowing what, what would happen and how it would pay off. Um, but that was, that was my start. And then I, then I was in on the route to say, Hey, I wanted to go major in business wanted to focus on it. And then I was also plugged into the community and, and other things. So that was the start of the mindset shift. Um, and I think every, every athlete that's going through something has to have some type of event like that, that allows them to start seeing things beyond, uh, very, very, you know, I think you get to play at a high level. It becomes it is very kind of self-focused. You get kind of in a in a tunnel. I don't know how to describe it to you. Of, yeah. Okay, I'm going to be doing this kind of forever, and it really it's not. It's a it's one place that gets you to uh, to kind of an end point, right? So, uh, and for me, I like passion about business and went with that. What was your major in college? Yeah, it was interesting. So my wife teased me. I was like, I was, uh, I told her, I was like, hey, I wanted, when I first started school uh, at Wagner College in Staten Island, New York, I, I declared a biology major. And now, I'm, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be pre-med, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, you know, I laugh back that now. And I was like, I took some of those classes and I, I think I ended up getting like a D. Or, or maybe I got, I, maybe I failed one of them and I had to retake or something. But it was bad. And I was like, okay, this, this is not it. Uh, then I went kind of undeclared, uh, and then I said kind of more, more general studies and then I ended up transferring. And as I transferred, then I had a new, new, fresh opportunity to kind of rethink what I wanted to major in. It was at the time I said, like, Hey, this is kind of, I like computers. So I was like, Hey, how can I, in technology and how can I, how can I mix technology and business? So I ended up, uh, switching a major to, uh, uh kind of, uh, information technology um that's what it was called kind of at the time and then figured out like I wasn't that techie so then I shifted over to then fully declaring my majors business administration in, in sophomore year you went from Staten Island to Sioux Falls was that, was that a big culture change for you I mean speaking of culture you, yeah that had to be a big culture change yeah that, that was uh you know I think yeah I think New York wasn't the right fit for me at the time culturally uh you know, the pace of it was just very different than I was used to being in the Midwest, born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. So, you know, as I, as I thought through that, it was the right decision for me to, to make a transfer uh, to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, uh, and how I got there is, is another story, but um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, I think what each of these things, it, it teaches you kind of, people call it mental toughness right you know you gotta everyone has their own path in life and that was mine and so I had to figure out 
from each of those opportunities and spaces, what are the people I can meet with that can enrich, uh, you know, my life and I also can pour back into them a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, each of those things, again, I, I have learnings and there's things that I, I take away from each of those cities and places. So, you know, for me, for me, I, I like, you know, that, that was Sioux Falls, South Dakota is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, one, I met my wife there. So I, I, I take that look. If you take yeah, out, yeah. you, you, you right marry there. your wife and, and you find your, your one, then. Take look, everything they, away. You met your wife. There you go. The mic, the mic drops. Yeah. So, that, I mean, so obviously you had to show like a little bit of grit. And then I've talked about this a couple of times on this podcast, but we had a couple of different former student athletes who transitioned from that mindset shift that you just mentioned from kind of being self-focused and I can't imagine how it is now with I mean social media was around when we were in school but it wasn't as prevalent as it is today to like having sort of like that selfish mindset to what am I going to do for the rest of my life or you know how do you you know how was that transition like for you from I I don't want to call like civilian life but from student athlete life to working in the in the world in the real world yeah no, this is good. Uh, so one, my wife was in the army. So uh, hey, don't spent, mess, don't mess with her. She, yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of correlations there. Now the experiences are very different, so I can kind of relate. Uh, but in terms of transition, that that's probably a good analogy, right? So I, if you're playing at a high level, there's so much on the basketball end that ends up being, you know, you're, you're 90%, 100% focused. So you, you as, you know, I was thinking, you know, as myself, you know, when I was thinking about myself, I was like, well, what's that space? And you think about this at work, it's just that slack time, that 10 to 20% that, that then allows you to, to build momentum on other things mm-hmm. to help think, focus, strategize, like, where is that space on the player in? Cause that that's where you need to capitalize. That's where you need to focus your attention if you're looking to transition. And so for me, that was business club, right? I know it sounds really corny. It was business club. Like it was me connecting in the community, finding out new things. Uh, then I got into some leadership roles there. Um, and so that, that ultimately allowed me to kind of, uh, it sparked interest in figuring out kind of what, what is that next step? So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think you have to seek that out, right? No one's going to just, you know, dump that to you. You may get lucky and someone just dumps that to you, but you, you got to really go seek out those things. You, you feel a passion, something burning your heart. Um, now, I'm, 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 a, I'm a faith-based person, so some of this stuff is, you know, you know, me praying and and having faith that you know the skill sets and the passions and the burning that I kind of feel internally you know that that God will help me uh you know make some of those things happen uh over time and so you have to have you be faithful those, those things will work out over time but but there's things in your control that you have to do and that's that 10 20 percent slack time so you got it you got to pour pour stuff in like even outside of work I may have a passion for real estate like I'm going to have to pour some time into real estate to me make that happen. And, and that doesn't, you don't have to spend every day, an hour a week doing that stuff, but you got to, 
you, know, you, you got to figure out where, where that comes into play. Yeah. yeah. So what was your first job out of college? Uh, I worked at Rice, Rice University uh, Athletics Department. So I actually worked for free. I was an intern. Uh, that was actually my first experience. And then I, then I ended up getting an internship after that, I think senior year um, at Raven Industries in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And that just opened my eyes up. I got a, a, a human resources internship and it was in a publicly traded company, right? You wouldn't imagine a publicly traded company being kind of headquarters situated in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So that, that allowed me to really see things at the, like I was, I had exposure to C-suite. So these are senior level executives. I was sitting right next to them, got to see the whole business, got to see how human resources could inter interact with people in a business setting and drive impact. Um, and so that, that sparked, a, that was that next step, right? It went from, okay, what are the transferable skills I could develop and craft some passion and interest? And then it became that real experience. And that, that's where I think I kind of took off. So that I'm glad you mentioned transferable skills. So one thing that a lot of athletes that I talk to today are college athletes that they're they want to find like something that is competitive or they want to keep that competitive drive. How did you keep that competitive drive in your everyday work space? Uh, yeah, this was tough. Um... Like, how did you know you wanted to do more or go to that next step or, you know? Yeah, I, I think, let me break down. I think like being competitive is an interesting area. Like I, I feel like that was always in me. Like I would never lose it. <laughs> I'm just a competitive person by nature. So uh, you got to watch this, you got to channel it because it comes there's some good, good and bad of that. That's that's what I was gonna say. I noticed that too. Like in my first, my first work experience. This is kind of a short story, but I remember um, we I had a project I had to do with another person. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is teamwork. I can do teamwork. I've been on teams my whole life. Well, how you communicate on the basketball court is not necessarily how you can communicate in the workplace. And so I remember trying to communicate with one of my coworkers like I did on the basketball court, <laughs> like, and she's just like, yeah, that you, you can't, you just don't do that. Like, that just doesn't like, I mean, thankfully there was grace shown, like, you know, she said, Oh, she pulled me over to the side. Like, I understand what you're trying to say, but that's just not how we communicate with each other in, in this, in this environment. Okay. And still it was good. I had like a couple different mentors and one mentor was, he was actually in the army. Another mentor um, was a former student athlete as well. And they just said, like, there's ways of communicating, but you just had to do it in a more professional sense. So I had, it's almost like learning a different language is what I had to do for a while. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. Um, you got to watch it. You got to channel it because the competitiveness on the court is, is really intense. Think about the people who are at their best all the time on the court. Michael Jordan. Um, Can't have mama mentality in the, in the C-suite. Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe. Um, and, and that kind of like intensity is awesome on the court. Um, but then when you step off the court, 
you just have to figure out where that shows up. And that becomes really complex. You got to be able to read one. I think you got to understand yourself. So I think one, one thing I always encourage any, anyone to take is as they leave is some type of uh, EQ test. Um, and there's a lot of them out there is really understanding that what EQ is that emotional intelligence. And that allows you then to see kind of where, where maybe some of your blind spots are and then how you really show up and where you're motivated intrinsically and, and extrinsically. Um, and that allows you to kind of at least start the step to be a you know, better you. Um, and what that does then is then you can take stuff from kind of that test or the data that comes back from that and figure out what, what ultimate environments allows you to, to, to bring out some of those, those areas that are you, um, you know, and then, and then allows you to still use some of that competitiveness. And so I think some of the organizations, when you get into, then it splits off to, to private and kind of public uh, industries. And so you, you know, I've always been in the private industry and the private industry is, is, is based on making profit. Right. So if you if you correlate that on the basketball and bat, basketball is about, you know, you want to win. And I've always been an excellent organization. So you you go and win championships. And the same thing with the Boston Celtics where I had to win championships. There's that basketball and it's a beautiful mix. It's a, they have a basketball operation and a business operation. But it's a, it's a, all this stuff kind of coming together. But the, the business operation is about growing revenue. Uh, most organizations is about growing revenue and, uh, you know, depending on what they are, if, if uh, EBITDA is, is important or making a profit, then, you know, that that's what they're about. Um, and now these other factors are coming into play with culture, all these other competitive advantages that allow businesses to grow, which are, are becoming part of who businesses are now more so sustainability. There's a lot of different other areas that you can touch on. Um, and so if you're in that private industry, that could, I, I believe that competitive edge, that entrepreneurial spirit never, never goes away. You just got to figure out how to kind of channel it and work it within a kind of an institution or organization if that's where you want to go. Um, and I, I chose that and it worked for me. That was the right environment. Um, you know, for everyone, everyone else, it could be starting your own business. It could be, uh, you know, it could be in that nonprofit sector. You could still be competitive and, and hungry for, for helping people. Right. Like you could be in a nonprofit business, not trying to make money per se, but but there's a hunger, uh, a passion for going after places within the community that are maybe underrepresented or uh, or in, in, in high need. And so for me, you know, though, it's just figuring out how you can channel that. But I think EQ is a first step. Like you got to know yourself. You got to know what what kind of makes you tick. A lot of people be surprised. They don't. So. I uh, really encourage everyone to kind of kind of get that done and, and get tested. What uh what emotional intelligence test did you take? Or have you taken? So I, I've taken, oh man, I, I I've taken too many. Um which one's the best then that you think? I, I say I say start off simple, small, proven initially, and I think Myers Briggs. Yeah is a good, simple starting place. Um, and, and I'll just give it, I, I'm a, 
they call I I won't go through all the symbols, but I'm an ISTJ. I'm an INTJ. Each of these, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm, the first letter is introvert, and I feel like I knew some of that, but for it to come out in that way, um, was interesting. What I did learn is that I become extroverted in a lot of different environments, um, and so made me think it was okay some of that test was able to break out what what environments allows you to become more extroverted and so then 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 it becomes on a mission to say hey well these are the places i i do become i talk a little bit more uh i become excited and more passionate about things and let's let's figure out you know where, where those spaces are and some of these tests can bring some of that out and so I was able to figure out, hey, you know, when I, you know, when I have kind of a, a larger body of kind of a structure, even if everything's not clean on the inside, like if I have a larger body, uh, which is an organization or a business behind me, I, I typically can do pretty well. And I can steer myself and, and in those environments, I become a little bit more extroverted, right? So I, I think Myers-Briggs is a great, great one. Um, there's a lot more detail one that it's a whole different conversation. Uh, but there's ones that go into a little bit more depth than, than Myers-Briggs that, you know, that I, that I've taken as well. So, yeah, we did, a, I, I usually do at least one of those personality assessments in one of my classes every year. We do. A, have you ever heard of true colors? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. I like doing that one. Um, but so now you've uh, you're, you're with the Boston Celtics as arguably the greatest organization in the NBA for this, for the sake of this podcast, we'll call it the greatest organization in NBA history. Um, how, how's it been so far? Three months. You guys want to win. It's incredible. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, nine and two, I think in the last, uh, last 11 games. So I think, you know, we've, uh, we had unfortunate loss uh, to the Detroit Pistons. We're hoping to go into the break and have a, a stronger, uh, stronger momentum a little bit, but, you know, we're, we're excited. I think net, you know, we, we're still growing as a team. Um, so, and I'm talking about this, like I would be talking about a business if I wasn't with the Celtics, right? Well, Hey, you know, my prior experience, we, we, I was at Apple, we made products and I'm excited about the products from the iPhone to Apple TV plus. So when I talk about the Celtics, I'm talking about the product that we're putting out on the floor, which is, which is uh, it's awesome to kind of merge my my personal passion with kind of expertise that I've I've gained over the last kind of nine ten years. Uh, so, um, you know, for me, this this is it's amazing. Uh, I mean, to be in this environment, um, like I was saying, kind of very purpose driven. You know, I can, you know, I can go watch a game. <laughs> I'm a technically a season ticket holder now. Uh, you know, I. I very, very, very different than some other organizations. You got a lot of fans are very, very emotional. You got the players very emotional, passionate. Um, and that carries a little bit into in terms of the culture, into kind of the business operation, the, the support that a lot of people don't see behind the scenes, which is human resources, which is uh, the marketing, which is uh, partnership, which is sales. Um, that kind of makes the business hum, right? Like if, those things weren't working around there, there wouldn't be any social media blast around what we're doing with um, Jason Tatum and 
some of the other players. And so a lot of this behind the scenes operations is a huge opportunity. Um, you know, there's, you know, a small amount of teams around the United States that, that focus on professional basketball, but um, to have an opportunity to jump into an organization like that is, is, is incredible. So I've, I've enjoyed it so far. I was about to say, you've, you've kind of, I mean, not kind of, you, you really have, you've worked in using that, you know, what we just talked about that competitive nature, but you've always worked, uh, you know, at the, at the peak, like, you know, Apple is one of the prime, you know, in technology, they're at the top of their game right now. If they're not at the top, you're always going to see them top three always. Right. And same with like, historically, just talked about the Celtics, all the championships they've won and the things that they, that they do there and just the legacy that you're walking in there. I mean, do you feel, or did you feel any kind of pressure or were you just kind of, I'm up to the task whenever I go to working for these giants of organizations with these, their legacies? Yeah. I think the good news is that when you're in the private industry, it kind of brings out that competitiveness. There's always, Hey, what, what is that next thing you're doing? And every year, how do you, improve 50 percent that's how i kind of view it um and, and so that brings out that competitive spirit that we we're talking about earlier uh and each of those things they had learning opportunities so i highly recommend a lot of people um you know to get plugged in the network to to tap all your career center resources you know i didn't have all of them available to me i didn't have organizations piling in at my my school in sioux falls south dakota so i had to so I kind of had to make things happen uh, a little bit, right? You had to kind of network, get plugged into the community, uh, have a lot of informational interviews. And so that kind of helped me kind of bring Springboard kind of going to Raven Industries and Hewlett Packard and then Apple. Uh, each of those biggest takeaway at a, uh, out of them is the, the uh, quality and execution of your work is super, super critical. So everything that you do you put your your stamp on, um, not in a selfish way, but how you show up collaborating with people. Um, what's your attitude to that? How do you how do you ask the right questions? How do you how do you kind of step back and, and think about it as hey, it's not you, it's it's team, it's a team of people, which I think is a great transferable skill that a lot of athletes. So that's why I love the kind of athletic mindset. It's because they're constantly thinking like that. Um, and you got a lot of people coming from school systems that aren't right. They may have worked on some projects together to go finish something, but they haven't done it in a way that, that, you know, they can see kind of an endpoint, like a winning endpoint. And so that's why athletics is so critical because they, they figured out the formula of, Hey, we got to work as a team to ultimately win and grow and, and be better. And so sometimes you get fragmented people like that in, in the university, maybe who haven't gone through sports. So I'm big, uh, you know, big, big athlete person. I think you can, you know, I think a lot of those individuals are moldable. Um, and so for me, I think mean, that was, you know, th those are the execution. That's why Apple is so successful. It's because there's so much focus on execution. I can't talk about everything about Apple, but uh, due, due to privacy related reasons, but, you know, why they're so great and the products come out so, so well is because there's the level of execution, in the organization that everyone has so much attention to. There's, there's no, no stoppage. You know, what's funny. You talking about that like athletic mindset I was just looking at something I was reading something yesterday about James Naismith creator of basketball um he had this list of like 36 attributes that he wanted all of his athletes to have um 
by playing the sport of basketball. It's also it's, it's really awesome because some of those skills that you kind of mentioned are on the list. I'll I'll send it to you. I'll tag it in the show notes after the game too. Or after this, see after I said the game after the podcast, I'll I'll, I'll put in there too. But um, it's really it's really awesome that like basketball was thought of as not more not just the score, but to like put these athletes to do something after the game and to think about the longevity of thinking of life almost like a game, but taking those skills you learned in the game to life. But now um, wrapping up a little bit, you're, you're a father, man. How's that been? Cause I'm about yeah, to, no. I'm entering into fatherhood in a couple months. It's crazy. Um, so now I'm, I, I think we've talked to the last couple, a couple times these last couple of months. And I mean, that's, that's been my, my main thing is trying to get every advice I can get. I mean, you make it look, make it look easy, but you, you're doing a great job, but how, how's fatherhood been? Father's, father's awesome. Uh, I think it's even been more special just being home, you know, with the whole COVID pandemic is just being able to see, you know, life, life moments that normally you want it. If I was just kind of, you know, you know, working, being in the office five, five times a week. Um, it, it's such a blessing uh, to have healthy, health, well, one, just, you know, healthy family. Um, and and it, it's, it's a mindset shift too. Another mindset shift where you're, one selfishly, you're kind of you know now you're starting to leave your your legacy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Hey, I, how do you how do you mold a little individual? And it's scary at first, you know. It's like, well, what do I do? You know, and it, and I think from this perspective, I, I'm, I'm freaking out because yeah. I that's how I, that's how I feel right now. Is well, shoot, I've I've never raised a child before. I don't know what I'm doing. I I got a dog. I don't like, but this is is, like, my dog's not going to change the world. These kids could, could make differences in people's lives. And so, yeah, you, you, that, that scary piece is, is real. I, I was, I was mentioning this to my wife, like when, when the woman's pregnant, you know, and rightfully so all the attention is on the wife. We always thinking about is the wife okay? How she's doing? Oh my gosh, she's she's amazing. She looks beautiful right now. And that's great. And I we love that. One of my mentors told me just last week, he said, you know, as the husband, he's like, nobody cares. He's like, you do all the work in the background. He's like, all, all your work is appreciated, but it's not, you're not going to be congratulated for every little thing that you do. You're going to, you're going to be I mean, in a lot of ways, you're going to have to be a backbone for a lot of things. You're going to be a support system and and uh, just be there as much as you can in the in these moments. And that's just half the battle, just showing up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think uh, I think you're right. You know, we got to you know, in in the evolution of of where our society's at too. You, you think about it. You know, every every partner, every individual that is showing up that has a kid, no matter what their kind of situation is, I think you, you know, I, I think there's this level of, of adjustment. That's why I would say that you have to figure out. And th- that's where I think you evolve as an individual, as a couple, and and you have to kind of figure that out for you. There's no secret formula. I think it, 
it becomes what it's giving giving another piece of yourself to a place that maybe you weren't originally thinking about and so you have to kind of figure out what that how much of that and what that is and so it takes time to figure that out and to, to continue to keep kind of healthy relationships going but i think your your marriage or with the, the new new little one that you'll have in the world uh, to even your 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 pets <laughs> like uh to to work to to church to to all these things that people people have experiences in i think there's a lot of change that happens with kids and so but that makes you more um selfless right so uh what you take away with having kids is you become more selfless you become, i believe you become more loving your mindset shifts and your motivation shifts so we were i think i was just listening to i don't, I don't know if you watched like you know tnt halftime show i always get like incredible on the nba right and yeah it's for like a comedy for me i love love just hearing Shaq and kenny and charles just just crack me up um but they were talking about the purpose of kids i don't know how it came up you know i always talk about random stuff but something came up the other day and they're talking about what you know what what makes people motivated differently and and kids right so a lot of players will will be having something and they're now they're triggered and motivated by something else i think you know you'll find the drive in, in the motivation shift, but you know, with individuals, uh, and maybe your work and passions for stuff shift as you have kids as well. So I think you evolve as a person from that. I think it's all good. It's all part of growth. Um, and so I, I'm, you know, I always wanted to have kids. So for me, that was, that was like no brainer. Uh, and I'm just blessed to, to be able to you know, be able to be the father and and uh and nurture them to this kind of hopefully like you you want your kids to to be able to fly one day like you did and so that's that's all you can do and so you just take it day by day so uh yeah i'm gonna look back on this podcast and in, in in like 10 20 years we're gonna see like we're gonna like look back and say man that dude Evan, he, he said some good advice on everybody take take notes man um so any any last advice that you would have for someone who is, you know, in the classroom right now, who eventually wants to be the next EP, the next Evan Pierce, you know, what, what advice would you give to, to that person? Mm. Well, I, was, I would deep questions today, man. That That is deep. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's good to have something to look up to. Um, you know, I always say, I, I would try to say that you you try to be yourself. I think it's good to 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 like some attributes from people, um, or you like what maybe the success looks like, um, and and that's good, and that helps you because everyone needs something to look forward to um, in each of the cycles of life, right? But I think on the career side, I think it's great to to have that. One thing you got to have is support system. You know, um, there's some great studies out there that says, okay, what makes successful people? There's anomalies and outliers out there. Success is a little bit kind of an interesting topic now. It's I think success has grown to a lot of different areas. 
mm-hmm. what kind of makes successful individual it's it really starts at the at the home right so you should be looking up you have a, a family you should be talking to your parents right and engaging with them and understanding what their challenges were in their career and what they've gone through so if you haven't done that that's step one because that's where your core mentorship should should be coming from now if it's not there and there's there's a some dysfunction you know then then it's you know you know then people have to make a a really focused effort um you know to to grab to grab someone in more a more structured environment uh that that helps them learn and grow i believe uh and so that may come from school it may come from a whole bunch of other different things that you know could come from uh you know being on a team and a coach that you have another player that you know that that hasn't kind of inspired you that has a really kind of balanced approach about different things in life so it could come from a lot of different places and so having that mentorship is really key so you got to go seek that if it if it's not there um and even if it is there i i still was seeking stuff all the time i'm jumping in and doing informational interviews with people and learning more about their space um and i think last thing is is have a have a hunger about you know being curious um and i really mean that it's really trying to that helps you become uh helps you always continue to keep growing have that growth mindset uh you know and then it also kind of allows you to um see things from other people's lens even if you don't agree so that curiosity is really 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 critical i think um especially if you you want to kind of make it in in some of the spaces i've have have gone um those those are the things that i think are really important some a level of curiosity i would say uh some finding those strong strong mentors and if you don't know who to go to uh you know you know reach out to people in this podcast uh yeah, yeah. you know and then i think uh and then I think there's a little bit of, I think all those things become, you start building up levels of expertise with experiences because you've networked, because you were curious, because you were thinking outside of the box to go create something that wasn't created to solve problems. Because ultimately what's like, what problem are we trying to solve? Whether it's in society, what's in the company. If you can figure those things out, you know, then those opportunities will come, right? Because then you're executing every single day, that 1% every single day. You, you know, to ultimately get to a place you you feel like you're getting to, and and some things just may not go your way too. So I, I don't want to say everything is super rosy. There's a there's another place where hey, it may not go your way. So then, what do you, how do you adjust? How do you become flexible? How do you stay curious? And then eventually things things will line up. So just everyone's path is a little bit different, but that that's my advice. And. Evan, I, I, I so much appreciate you. One, one thing that I, I took away from you when we were growing up is uh, I took this quote with me forever. I don't, you probably don't even remember saying it, but you said, eventually the ball has got to stop bouncing. And I was like, what, what do you mean? We're going to play basketball to 50. Like, what do you mean? And uh, just seeing like that transition for, from, for you from, you know, being a student athlete to um, working in the sector that you're in now has been incredible. You're 
motivation for me. I appreciate you so much for coming on. You, this was an awesome interview. I learned a lot from you, and hopefully, other people will learn as, as much too. So, thanks. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks. thanks. Yeah, thanks for adding me to this. This is it's amazing that you kind of put a put a podcast together. So, I'm happy to join anytime. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Until next time. See you. Thank you.